Have you ever been unemployed? Or maybe just in transition as you're starting a new business or figuring out your next move? I sure have. And in the beginning, it definitely wasn't pretty. We're talking days on end spent in pajamas doing all the wrong things. Searching job boards, applying to tons of jobs I didn't even really want, spending hours creating portfolios specific to each posting, obsessively checking email, and then feeling so down when the rejection email inevitably hit my inbox. And to think, Back in the summer of 2003, I won a Future Business Leaders of America national job interview competition. I was supposed to be good at this. What was I doing wrong? And even worse, who was I without a job title? I really wasn't sure, and for a while, I floundered. Eventually, I got off the couch, shifted my mindset from unemployed person to person starting a business, but it didn't take place overnight. Now, I I couldn't be more grateful for how my story has shifted and what I'm doing now, but man, oh man, I wish I'd had a resource like today's podcast guest to guide me through that dark and stormy time of questioning myself and my identity. Hey friends, and welcome to episode 75 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and today's guest describes herself as a Nigerian-American employee of the year, job quitter, millennial career strategist, and founder of Employee Redefined. Her name is Adenola Adeshola, and we touched on so many topics from overachieving imposter syndrome and battling perfectionism to amazing career advice, morning routines, and finding your dream job. But before we dive in, let me tell you a little bit about Adenola. Adenola Adeshola is a millennial career strategist who helps high-achieving corporate professionals secure new jobs they love at companies they love. She's also a Forbes contributor where her career column on how to land a new job has been read over a million times, and her expertise has been featured in the New York Times, Fast Company, Bloomberg, and other publications. Since landing her dream job at a global PR firm and later realizing she secretly hated it, she's been on a mission to help high achievers recognize, own, and show their value so they can stop playing small, boost their confidence, land amazing jobs, and make more money. Her clients and students in dozens of industries, from tech to PR to HR to marketing to engineering and more, have landed interviews and job offers at leading companies such as Google, NBCU, Vogue, Tiffany & Co., HBO, and other companies they love. In today's conversation with Adenola, she shares her best advice for carving out time for yourself when it feels like there just aren't enough hours in the day. We dive into how to separate your identity from the job title on your business card and articulate the unique value you bring to the table. She covers why your core values are the key to avoiding toxic work environments, whether you're the boss hiring a team or the employee searching for a job. And finally, she reveals how keeping her tech and tools simple enables her to take decisive action where it really matters. 
You can find links to all of the productivity tools and resources in this episode over in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 75, as well as a link to grab Adenola's free downloadable guide on how to go from zero interviews to dream job offers. And finally, I want to thank you again for tuning in. And if you haven't yet, I invite you to tap the subscribe button to be notified as soon as new episodes go live. If you like what you hear, I'd be so grateful for your review. And with that, it's about time we get started. So let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Hello, Adenola, and welcome to It's About Time. I am so excited to have you on the show today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Yes. Well, I really appreciate you giving some of your time out of your busy and abundant schedule to tell us a little bit about your story and how we can redefine our careers and our current roles, something that I know that a lot of people are experiencing mm. uh, at this at this phase in our careers. And I told everybody about you and what you do whenever I kicked off the show in the intro, but I would love to hear in your own words how you spend your time these days. Yes. So again, I'm Adanola Adeshola. I am a career strategist where I teach high achieving corporate professionals how to land new jobs they'll love at companies they love. And when I'm not doing that, I'm usually looking up a recipe on Tasty app or looking for some new thing to make in the kitchen because I love to cook in my free time and love to host my family and friends, which has been quite a bummer with the pandemic and everything going on. But that's kind of how I'm keeping myself busy, looking up new recipes. <laughs> I love it. So what is your favorite type of food to cook? Honestly, I love trying new things. So, I mean, I will say my favorite go-to is pasta. I love making pasta, like shrimp pasta, chicken pasta, any kind of pasta, honestly. But over the quarantine period, I've been trying like new like cuisine. So I've made like Indian food. I've tried Ooh. Mexican food. I have tried, like, I haven't really stepped into the Asian cuisines yet, but that definitely should be up next. <laughs> oh yeah. You'll have to let me know how that goes, especially because if you tend to gravitate toward pasta, there are so many amazing like Asian noodle dishes that mm, you can pursue yes. that just seem yes. really exciting. I think ramen might be up next. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. Cannot wait to hear how that goes. My mouth is watering. And now, now I know what I want to pick up for tonight. Glad I could assist. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. So you work with high achievers, high achieving professionals, helping them you know, find their dream jobs at companies they love. So how exactly would you classify or identify a high achiever? Am, like what, what exactly does that mean? How do I know if I'm a high achiever? Right. I mean, honestly, people who are high achievers know that they're high achievers because they're always looking to looking for the next thing, the next thing that they can achieve, the next thing mm -hmm. that they're wanting to cross off their list. They are always wanting to be excellent in the things they do. Oftentimes high achievers are like type A people. So mm -hmm. you want to know what the plan is. You're good with like getting their instructions and getting it done. You have no problem delivering and sometimes even over delivering. Mm -hmm. And you're probably also the type of person who's hard on yourself. You might even be in some regard a perfection you like to have everything perfect, which can sometimes lead to procrastination or stagnation. You like to have things in the, in the way that you feel like people 
want them the best way that people want them. And that can sometimes lead to you kind of being overcritical with yourself Mm -hmm. while not also acknowledging all the hard work and accomplishments you've created for yourself or achieved. And so there's a lot of that pro and con of being a high achiever. You are excellent in what you do, but you often sometimes don't give yourself enough credit for what you do. And you can always or sometimes find yourself feeling bad for not having the next step already laid out for you because you're used to going, going, going and achieving at a high level. Oh man, I would bet that there are so many people listening right now who are nodding their heads (laughs) because it sounds like a little bit of imposter syndrome goes hand in hand with being a high achiever. Do you find that with the people that you work with? Absolutely. I mean, I am a classic case of high achieving, you know, of a high achiever. I was and still am that person in a lot of different ways. And while I've learned to navigate that in different ways, I definitely see that come up with my clients very often. I think that imposter syndrome is a natural consequence of being a high achiever. Interesting. So how exactly do you help these high achievers find their dream jobs at these companies they love? Are you brushing up on resumes? Are you coaching them? Are you helping them create the perfect LinkedIn profile? What exactly does this look like? Yes, I love that question. So I help my clients through my courses, which my main signature course is the Career Redefined Coaching Program. And so in that program, everything has already been laid out for you. So again, high achievers are usually type A. They like to know what's next, what to do, what's not working. And so I've already kind of created that roadmap for them to follow, which includes like getting crystal clear on what that next step looks like for you. You know, being able to talk about yourself in your resume, your LinkedIn profile, when you're networking with people and when you go into those interviews and what to do. And it includes like knowing how to negotiate, what to do when you get to that phase. And in every step of the process, you have those templates, those guides, those cheat sheets, those interview scripts, and all the things that you need to kind of take away the doubt and the second guessing of if you're doing it right or saying the right thing. So it really makes landing a new job simple. While oftentimes when you're doing it by yourself, it can feel complicated and stressful and like there's not enough time on the day. But, you know, this kind of makes it very efficient so that you're not even having to apply to jobs 24-7, but you know exactly what to do to move the needle. Oh, my goodness. Having a roadmap for that would have been so helpful a few years ago (laughs) when I personally was in a career transition. I wasn't sure what was next. I just knew that I was ready to to walk away from crisis communications and governmental affairs to seek out something new. And I was that person who did exactly what you just described. I was applying for things Mm 24-7. I would spend an entire day creating a different portfolio for every job I was applying for. And it was definitely a work harder, not smarter mm-hmm. situation. So yeah. I wish I wish I, had, I wish I had known you then. Um, <laughs> but everything happens for a reason, right? right and right. we're having this interview right now because of the the different paths that we both ended up on. So mm-hmm. so you serve other high achievers who have mm-hmm. obviously, you know, high standards for themselves, high standards for the work that they do and the people that they choose to work with. You Mm -hmm. love cooking. You have your courses. I would love to know how exactly you you do what you do, how you how you manage your schedule, how you find the time to create such comprehensive all in one place courses like this. Mm -hmm. So Give us, give us a behind the scenes look. What do your systems and processes and strategies look like? So when it comes to like my behind the scenes life, I really am, even before I started my own coaching business and became someone who offers courses for landing a new job, when I was working in the corporate arena, I knew that I wanted to have a life that like I knew that my, I remember my, my first boss told me this, that has stuck with me forever. And she said, your career is one part of your life. It's not your entire life. And so Mm. hearing that when I just got into corporate America was really an anchor for me to know that whatever I do in my career will be one part of my life 
whether that's a big part or not, it still would just be one part of my life. And so I've always been very intentional about having all of the pieces in the right places when it comes Mm -hmm. to who I am and not allowing whatever I do in my career to be at the fore center of what, what I bring to the table or what, how I spend my time. And so I love working. So that's number one. Like I do love working. My friend was just telling me the other day, she was like, I just think you love it. Like, I think you're working not because you have to, but because you just love it. I'm like, you know what? I do love this. You know, I love being able to help high achievers. I love being able to see my clients grow in confidence and land amazing jobs. Like that really does feel me. However, Outside of that, I definitely want to use my time to pour into my family and pour into my friends. And I knew from the beginning that I never wanted to sacrifice, like missing mm-hmm. family events or missing a friend's birthday or anything like that at the expense of growing in my career. So with that in mind, on a day-to-day level, I I keep my, like I use a lot, I don't, I'm not the type of person who uses like a lot of different productivity apps. I keep and that's very great. Simple. I will say, the last <laughs> thing that we need is another productivity app. Yes. To, to have to manage. <laughs> so I am 100% on board with that, keeping it as simple as possible. I keep it so simple. So one of the things, or two things I definitely use every day is the reminders app on my iPhone and my calendar on my iPhone. Really, mm-hmm. those are the main two things that I use because I always forget things. So if it's not in my reminders or in my calendar, I probably won't remember. So I'm very meticulous about including those things into my calendar and not just career stuff. I include family stuff. Like I literally have a reminder to remind my mom that we should hang out Friday evening. (laughs) You know, like I I am very clear about, okay, this is what I want to do with my time. I'm going to fit it in there because I am lucky in the sense that because I work for myself, I can decide my schedule. But sometimes people who work for themselves don't really decide their schedule. And so I have had to learn over the years, like if I want to do something outside of work, I need to add it to like block my calendar, block Mm -hmm. my schedule so that I'm being really intentional, not just about what I need to do for work, but also what I need to do or how I need to show up for the people that I love. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you keep it simple with the reminders app and the calendar app. (laughs) I mean, I love it. I'm actually in the middle of kind of sorting out two different task management systems and my Mm -hmm. head is spinning and I'm trying to figure out, okay, how can I make this as simple as possible and really get back to basics? Because the last thing that I want to do is manage more I'm telling you, buttons and things to click. I so tried. I, Asana, I tried the other things. So I was just like, "What and where does all this stuff go?" I don't even know. And kudos to everyone who does love it. But I just keep it simple with the calendar, the reminders, and my notes app, where I have a running to do yeah. list of things that I need, and another uh, notes part in uh, notes in my notes app about like ideas. Because sometimes yes. I can find myself like, "Okay, this is a great idea. I need to get started on this." And it's like, "Wait, wait, wait." <laughs> Do I really need to do that? Or is that just an idea I can put on standby? And so I have exactly. another Exactly. Is that a shiny thing? Do I really need to taste that shiny thing right now? <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I keep it real simple so that I'm not overwhelmed and just can really be decisive in the actions I need to take. I love that. So that you can be decisive in the actions that you need to take. And I think that's going to be comforting for a lot of people who are tuning in, who feel that they should be using some kind of special system because so so many other people are, but it's really just not necessary. And Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that time blocking really goes hand in hand with the tools that you use, key tools or reminders and calendars, then time blocking being one of those strategies that helps Mm -hmm. you use those to the fullest so that you are being intentional in advance. So what else? Is there anything? So you mentioned that you love looking for new recipes on the Tasty app. (laughs) Is there anything that you really look at as a go-to maybe in your personal life? Because like you said, hey, our career is not our identity. Mm. Um, Is there anything else that really just helps you live your life to the fullest? I would say my morning routine. So I am rigorous about keeping my morning routine about me. So my mornings are like my me time. And so Mm -hmm. I've been doing this for like the last maybe two or three years. And 
it has really like whenever I actually I don't not do it because whenever I don't do it, I tried it in the past and it was just like I'm all over the place. I don't have any yeah. energy to give to other people and doing what I do. Like I have to show up for myself. And so showing up for myself starts in the morning. So in the morning, I wake up, I work out, I read, I journal, I take some time to just sit with myself and just have like thinking time because a lot of times mm-hmm. when you're going through the day, you don't really have a lot of time to think. You're just like mm-hmm. doing, 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 doing what you need to do, doing what someone else is telling you should do. And so in the morning, I just get that time to just sit with myself, maybe even process things that are happening in my personal life or in the yeah. world. And then I can show up fully for you know my clients and for the things I need to achieve in my work time because I've already kind of allowed myself to fill my cup before I give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. You've created that space in the morning. I love that, especially what you mentioned about taking time to process things before you jump into your day. As a mom to a toddler, I have a little uh, a second child on the way in mid-March. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest struggles is just being tired all the time (laughs) and and it can be very easy to fall into, I don't want to say the trap, but just to fall into the rut of waking up whenever your kids wake up Mm -hmm. and then starting your day. But you're, but you're almost beginning your day a little bit behind because you, it's like you have to step straight into execution mode, straight into the doing. And you don't have, you haven't created that space for the intentional, and I don't want to overuse the word self-care, but the, the, just the the time for yourself. (laughs) Yeah, basically that's what it is. So what advice would you have for someone who is starving for that me time, but it just feels so daunting to carve it out. Right. I mean, you're asking a good person because <laughs> I really struggled in this area. And I mean, I so I would say I've struggled in different seasons of my life with this area. So I'll go back to when I was working at a job that I didn't love. I was, you work at a job that you don't love and you have to like crawl yourself out of bed and you're like not wanting to go. You're already like dreading it. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so. It's really, and then when you get to work, it's like you are doing things that if you don't love what you do, it's like, I'm also like wanting to pull my hair out. And so you're Mm -hmm. already starting your life and your day just miserable for lack of better words. And so for me, I knew really early on when I was ready to leave a job that it wasn't going to happen overnight and that if it wasn't going to happen overnight, I needed to do something to keep my sanity and my peace. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, all right, I don't want to wake up earlier, but even just 30 minutes earlier or even 20 minutes earlier to do maybe one thing for myself is going to help me set the the path for the day to feel like I am in control of the day Mm -hmm. rather than my job that I hate being in control of me. And so in that phase of my life, I was like, okay, I'm just going to wake up 30 minutes earlier. And at that time, I thought it off with just sitting in bed, just sitting in bed and not being on social media, but maybe just picking up my phone to read a journal. I mean, read an article or maybe even a devotional on my phone or whatever the case is that I could get my hands on at the time just to kind of help me get rooted in myself and grounded before I get into my day. And when I move into the phase of starting my own business and coaching and the things I do now, I was like, what do ever, what does successful people do to, you know, <laughs> start their day? And I tested everything out. I did like, I saw people woke up at four in the morning and I was like, I'm not going to test that part out but I will try to wake up a little bit earlier I tried that I heard people say like they make their bed every morning some people like I take cold showers to get my mind going just a lot of different things I'm like I tried and I'm like I'm not doing that anymore but I find that you have to do what works for you and it maybe starts with getting an understanding of what are the different options that you can do to start your day maybe that's giving yourself 15 minutes to make a coffee and sit down with it if you before you leave for work. Maybe that's getting yourself prepared with a podcast that you plan to listen to on your way to work. Really being intentional about what you need for yourself has really helped me because there's so much advice on how you should spend your day to be oh, yeah. successful. But 
ultimately it's what you need to do for you. And so reading a book might not be what you need to do, but listening to your favorite playlist might be what you need to do. Really making your own rules about what works for you and what you need for wherever you are right now in your life. Making your own rules. Heck yes, that is golden. <laughs> you know, your experimentation for mornings reminds me of the book, The Productivity Project by Chris mm. Bailey. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever read that, but he spent about a year test driving all kinds of different productivity strategies, mm-hmm. not just for mornings, just but across all areas of his life. And yeah, you could absolutely... You know, write a book on your experience <laughs> as driving all of those different you could even call it your morning your rules like there it yeah. is take it, take it and run with it include you thank you but definitely, yeah. I include you in the thank you, <laughs> thank you. yeah because it, it is so true we love to look and that's what that's why this is one of my favorite parts of talking with women like you on it's about time and Mm -hmm. is finding out what works for you because it opens up this buffet of options and opportunities Mm -hmm. for anyone tuning in to you know it's like take what works for you and run with it and know that there is no one best way mm-hmm. to start your day. There is no one perfect morning. Uh, that's a trap that I used to fall into right. back when I was working in a job that I was not feeling fulfilled. Mm-hmm. I created this thing that I called my perfect morning. I laugh mm. now, but I, <laughs> I called it my perfect morning. And it include the, it included this completely unattainable checklist of yes. all these things that I would do every morning based on what successful people did. Yes. So mad when I couldn't get through the whole list and then that would set the tone for my day. My describing my life. <laughs> That's exactly. I read like the, um, I don't remember the book, but it's a very popular book. It's like morning habits where you're like all the things that you need to do every morning, read, work out, journal, like all the things that just like a whole list. I forget was it Miracle Morning? It. Miracle Morning. Yeah. Day. And I was like, okay, wonderful. I need this amount of time to wake up in the morning and I'm going to do it. No excuses. If I get this done, I'm going to feel amazing. And I tried it and I was just like, no, like this no. is just not going to yeah. work for me. I love it for whoever it works for, but uh-huh. it just it just doesn't work for me. And then you feel bad. You feel terrible, especially as a high achiever because it's like, I got to do this. So when you don't do it, you feel like a failure. Like, oh my gosh, started my day on the wrong foot. It's going to yeah. be a terrible day. Ugh, it's a whole mess. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I feel you. I, I read Miracle Morning a couple years ago and actually I took bits and pieces of it and mm-hmm. like modified it in a way that yeah. worked for me. But exactly. I will 100% tell you that I have not done that that full miracle morning routine yeah. since before my little girl Camilla was born and she turns mm-hmm. two in January, <laughs> in like very soon. So um, that tells you a little bit about that. I love it. I love it. I mean, my mentor always says like, you know, learn the rules and then decide which ones you want to break, right? Oh, so heck like, yeah. Yes. I think reading Miracle Mornings and like the productivity book you mentioned is all good so you know what's out there and what's available and then decide what works for you and what what, what doesn't. Uh-huh. I love it. Learn the rules so you can break them. You are a girl <laughs> after my own heart, 100%. So I... Okay, y'all. So I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, Right. You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. 
I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at AnnaDCornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. I'd love to talk for a second about something that you mentioned a few minutes ago that really that really piqued my piqued my ears piqued my interest and it's when you started diving into the fact that you you knew from the beginning with with the help of that advice that you got from your mentor from your supervisor about how your career your job is just one part of your life and that your career is not your identity. Your job title is not who you are. And me personally, early in my professional career, I I had no separation between my job title and who I was. That is just who I was. I was a communications director. I was an account executive. And it it, it was who I was. And then when I was no longer fulfilling that role and I was in a career transition, I didn't know who the heck I was because Mm -hmm. for so long I had coupled my identity with my job description. And so when it comes to working with high achievers who I'm going to bet also have, you know, similar feelings, you know, their identity gets wrapped up in their job title or what they do. How exactly do you advise them as they are embarking on whatever the next phase of their career is when their identity no longer aligns with their chosen career path? Right. And, you know, that's such a really good question because I hear this from people all the time, like when they're like, I'm a marketer or I am like an HR professional, like that is just who I am. And I think that all of those things are great. And it's so, and it's, it's, a, it's when you're a high achiever, like I, and I, okay, how do I explain this? Like even one of my first boss told me that your career is just one part of your life. I made sure that it was a really great, amazing part of my life. So with that came really pouring myself into my work and being so focused in tunnel vision because that's just how I am and how a lot of high achievers are. And so regardless of even when you know, like probably shouldn't, I probably should have a little bit of a blend in my work in my life. When you're so passionate about being successful, passionate about being excellent in your work, it's just kind of a normal thing to just pour all of you into it. And so often I find my clients who come to me feeling a little depleted, but also attached to the idea of who they thought they were going to be once they achieved their goals, who they've been while they're achieving their goals. And they have a hard time really detaching from the mentality of their careers and not just and, and a hard time really seeing themselves for who they are. Yeah. And so I often help them by really helping them see that your career, you choose your career. And yeah. You decide what that looks like. And falsely, we've been we've been taught to believe or we've been taught to believe that once you decide your career, like you, I think you mentioned this before, like once you decide your career in college, you're like, this is who I'm going to be forever. Right. <laughs> <You> have, <laughs> 
and you have no idea. Like we literally have no idea. No one ever told us that you're not going to be that person forever. Like your goals change, you change, you sometimes accomplish those goals and realize I want new goals that I never would have even phantom I wanted. And so it's like, you have to really start to see recognize that this is an ever flowing river <laughs> like it's really yeah. a river flowing and you're flowing with it it's flowing with you and you get to decide when you get off the boat and when you jump back on or when you find a new boat and so yeah. with that it's about really almost taking out I kind of tell my clients like take yourself out of the box that you put yourself in and really allow yourself to become more aware of what else is out there what else can you do with the skills that you have because it's not that you're just a marketer but you also do have great marketing skills and you have expertise that is valuable and so how can you start to see yourself in ways that you identify yourself as a person who is very skilled in this particular area but you're not just this person who does xyz and really becoming more aware of how else you can utilize your skills leverage your expertise and your perspectives so that you can go out and do the new things that you now discover is possible for you but it yeah. really starts with recognizing that your career is full of twists and turns and ebbs and flows and the sooner you start to expect that to happen and appreciate that journey then the easier it'll be to not be so attached with or connect yourself with your identity or connect your career with your identity yeah it, it sounds like separating your skills and your proficiencies from your identity is part of that key in mm-hmm. thinking through how you even talk about it. Not I am a crisis communications professional, right. but I am skilled at right. creating order out of chaos, which is exactly. something that can apply far beyond just mm-hmm. being in crisis communications. And anyone who right. who is feeling stuck in their current role and thinks, well, I can't, I'm an accountant. I can't do anything but be an accountant. Right. But as an accountant, you are probably very skilled at attention to detail. And I don't know anything about accounting, so I don't know why <laughs> I chose that no, as an example. You're, you're probably really good at numbers. You're probably really good at analyzing yeah. things. You're analyzing probably really good things. at forecasting things, right. which are all really great skills that can be used whether in you, other roles. In other areas. And and maybe you do still do accounting, but you don't do it in the capacity that you're doing it now that you hate. And so there's yeah. so many different avenues and ways. So yeah, I totally agree. I think it's not I am and rather like I'm good at or yeah. I'm Build at and, you know, really recognizing your, your capabilities and not just saying that this is who you are. So a few years ago, I had the honor and opportunity to uh, give a presentation to a group of women about finding their why, finding their motivation for doing what they do. And part of that presentation involved complimenting themselves on what they're skilled at and what they're good at. And at Enola, I tell you, it broke my heart because there were so many women, far more than I expected, who had trouble articulating what they were good at and what what they were skilled at, how they excelled, what set them apart. Mm-hmm. And we ended up completely diverting the presentation into really helping them get tuned in on what they're good at. So what advice would you give for someone who is thinking, but, but I feel like I'm not really good at anything or I'm just mediocre. or I'm just, I don't know. Like I am stuck. What, what do I do? I'm not good. I'm, how can right. you, how can you encourage or what advice would you give someone who feels like that? Yes. I mean, if you are feeling that way, first join the club. That is how every one of my clients feel when they join my program. And that really is one, recognize that it's a roadblock to you being able to land an amazing job. Because if you don't know how to articulate your value, then it's really hard to communicate why a company should trust you to do the job that you're looking to get. And so first recognize that and know that again, it's normal to feel that way and it's fixable. And then the next thing is that you have to, a lot of times the reason why people don't really recognize what they're good at is because they're so naturally good at that. Oh yeah. So you're like, 
I do this without really thinking about it. So I don't really know if I'm good at it. And so we kind of equate something that's easy with not really being a talent and really recognizing that you're naturally good at what you're something you're naturally good at is something that someone else really struggles with. So going back to that marketing example, if you're really good at marketing and you come up with amazing ideas to connect with target audience that you're working for then that's something that is your talent. Whether or not it comes to you simply by taking a shower and having a few minutes to think, that is something that you should really pride yourself on. And so really separating what comes naturally and what's easy to you to and recognizing that just because it's natural or it's easy doesn't mean that it's not something worth celebrating and worth communicating as part of what you can bring to the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's great just because it is so easy to downplay the things that we're naturally good at because it's just a part of our day-to-day, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I've made that mistake even when I was working in my career where it's like, you think because it, and sometimes it can really be fielded also are fueled also by working in toxic work environments mm-hmm. because when you work in toxic work environments and you don't get that that and again like a lot of times it's not that we need someone to give us a pat on the back but when you don't get the pat on the back for the great ideas that you bring to the table yeah. or when you don't get credit for things that you thought of or when you don't really know the end result of how what you did impacted someone else because maybe they don't tell you or you're kind of maybe you're not really included in those things then it can be hard to feel like I'm really valuable or I really mm-hmm. am good at what I do. And so really kind of not allowing other people's reactions, the, especially the negative ones, to make you think that you're not good enough is also something that's really important because oftentimes when you've been in a toxic work environment for so long, you can start to feel like this is just how things are. This is just yes. how I am. This is just who I am. But in reality, if you go to another company that is a healthy environment, they're like, oh my gosh, like we're so happy to have you here, which has happened for so many of my clients. So mm-hmm. that's another thing that people don't really realize also impacts their confidence in themselves and their ability to know what they're good at. Mm-hmm. I, and on the subject of toxic work environments, it can be really tough to spot the warning signs of a toxic work environment when you're going through the HR interview process. That's been my experience, Mm -hmm. at least, uh, because (laughs) very often the hiring process is conducted by one group of people, Mm -hmm. but then you end up working day in and day out with another group of people. What advice or what red flags should someone be looking for in the early stages to hopefully avoid a toxic work environment altogether. Right. And so that's one of the things that I teach my clients. And I always say that even before you apply, you can do certain things to discover if the company is right for you. And I always say that you can't 100% determine if it's if it's a healthy company by just simply doing your research, but you can 100% nix a company that's not right for you by doing your research. And so it really starts from be, even before you start applying for the job to really take the time to be intentional. And I always say that it kind of has to do with your mindset and the tactics, right? Because if you're in the mindset of like, I just got to get a job, I got to apply 10 jobs a week to get a job, then it's going to be really hard to take that time off to really say, okay, am I applying to the right companies that are right for me? But when you kind of take that pressure off and are not as much in a desperate state to get a job, then it's easier to kind of be like, okay, let me really take the time to really look up what this company is about. Let me see what they're doing. Let me see what they're what what they stand for. And also really being clear on what your core values are. Because for one person, it could be they love working hard. They don't mind working overtime, but they like to have flexible work and they want to make yeah. sure that's something that's a part of their company. For other people, maybe they're a new mom and they don't want to be able to, don't want to be just working all hours of the night and feeling like they have to be showing up 24-7 and they want to know that their work isn't that they can work at any time without feeling like they have to show up to the office to get things done or that they're not doing xyz they're not doing what they need to do and so everybody has different ways and needs when it comes to what they describe as a healthy culture for them and so first knowing what that looks like for you knowing what 
you need to really thrive. And then when you do your research, looking for those core values and making sure that the company aligns with that, making sure that how they talk about themselves really aligns with what you want to be able, where you want to be able to be, making sure that they, if they, if they are, or even when you go to the website, if you really want to be in a diverse culture or in an inclusive place and they don't have any people of color there, then it's like, okay, is that the right place for you? Maybe not. (laughs) So really doing the research, knowing what you're looking for and asking yourself the hard questions. And then Mm -hmm. even when you go into the interview process, kind of seeing if they talk the talk (laughs) or just and walk the walk, like making sure that you're interviewing them just as much as they're interviewing you, paying attention to their body language, how they respond to your questions, making sure that they feel just excited about you coming to the team as you feel excited about joining them, really doing that analytical interviewing so that you are getting going to a place where you feel confident that you're going to a place that aligns with you and not just hoping for the best when you get there. Interesting. Interesting. No, and that actually brings me back to an interview experience I had several years ago where I made a joke during my Mm -hmm. interview response because sense of humor and levity is something <laughs> that I value and right. I where I just got crickets and it was the, I mean, maybe it wasn't a very funny joke. I don't know, <laughs> but I, oh man, it was so uncomfortable. I, and I just, it was, it was very telling. And, and it, it, whenever you, uh, mindset is everything. And whenever you mm-hmm. approach a job opportunity as I need a paycheck, I need a paycheck, I, need right. a paycheck, I just need to get this job. You're, you're very, sounds like you would be very clouded to. Yes. You're going to miss the signs. Yes. You miss the signs. (laughs) Okay. So it really comes down to first asking yourself the hard questions to know what your personal core values are and Mm -hmm. how those core values align with the values of the company, how the environment and the. Uh, working like flexibility that you need aligns with what the company can provide Mm -hmm. and then being just as on your toes during the interview process or just the, you know, intake process in general to look for those signs and look for those clues. Absolutely. You summed it up really well. (laughs) Awesome. So, you know, here's a question. For those who are listening who are business owners and Mm -hmm. don't anticipate ever looking for a job ever again because Mm -hmm. they're either running their own business or they are a solopreneur, small business owner, how can the business owners in the audience either attract the high achievers or create that non-toxic environment. And I, and I know that there's probably a million different answers to this question, but if a business owner is listening and thinking, how can I apply this so that when I am ready to hire, that mm-hmm. I am setting up my team and my business for success? Right. Yes. I think that it's almost, almost along the same lines of what an employee would do when it comes to searching for the right employer. And so I think it is really important to, because a lot of times as a business owner, even a small business owner, when you're hiring, it's always typically when you're like in really desperate need, like it's like, I can't do this anymore. I need help. It's time. I got to bite the bullet. And so that I feel like that's not really the best time to hire because you're in a place where you're just like, I need to bring the right person on. I need to bring someone on and get this off my work. And so really the best time is when you are in a space kind of like what I talked about as an employee where you're not Mm -hmm. feeling desperate, you're not really feeling pressured, you know that this is something that you want to do, but you're able to think about it really intentionally and you're able to think about what you want that person to look like and also where you want them what, what kind of environment you want them to come into. So again, thinking about what those core values are. How do you want them to feel as an employee working for you or a contractor or whatever the case is? How do you want them to be working for you? What kind of, like you said earlier about the humor part, like what kind of personality do you want them to feel or have? Mm-hmm. And how do you want them to feel about the personality of the company? So really being very clear about those kind of 
identifying factors that will make looking for the right employee super easy because you're mm -hmm. like, okay, like for you going back to the humor example, if that was a company where they value maybe even dry jokes, they're like, oh my gosh, she gets us. Like she would be <laughs> great here. And so if you're that employer who like you're talking about a small business owner or a business owner who's like, okay, these are the things I'm looking for. When you have that person who is fully being themselves, you're able to be like, oh, that actually aligns with the type of person I want. That actually aligns with the type of mindset or work ethic that I'm looking for. And so being very clear on what you what you want, not just in the responsibilities, but also in the type of person that's coming to the table. And when it does come to responsibilities, being very clear on what that looks like. Because a lot of times employers are just like, I need someone to do it all, right? And it's yeah. like, no, a lot of times people don't, when you ask them to do it all, then they may not do it well. Right. So really getting clear on what are the core things that you need, the specific person that you're hiring to do so that they can do it. And you're hiring someone who is doing it out of their zone of genius and not mm. just because they want to be excellent because they are a high achiever or whatever the case is. And then they drop the ball. And yeah. so being very clear on what that looks like, what you want to keep doing, what you want them to do, maybe what you want another person to do and knowing what those objectives are for each person so that it's not just like, hey, I want you to do all of these different things, social media, administration, oh client support, all the different things that they're just like, huh, what, when, how? <laughs> and it also helps you be better at training them too. When you're very clear at what you want them to do specifically, you're able to train them better and have better guidelines and deadlines and milestones for them to hit so that they are able to do their work to the best capacity. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, hiring out of desperation Mm -hmm. And job searching out of desperation <laughs> are two key things to avoid on both sides of the table. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> desperation in any regard is clearly a no-go. <laughs> yeah, a no-go. So this has been such a this has been such a fun, um, just robust conversation about, you know going from being stuck to finding your dream job. And mm -hmm. even I love what you've shared for the business owners listening, but I want to kind of take it back to take it back to the beginning. And mm -hmm. what, what was it that inspired you to pursue this line of work? Yes. So I was inspired to pursue this line of work because I was them. I was my clients. I was the person listening to this right now and feeling stuck. And it started because I was always a tunnel vision person. Like I joke around, I joke and say that I started my career exploration when I was like 12. So I was like, Love I need to figure out what I need to do with my life. I thought that I wanted to be a pediatrician until I was eight years old. And then I realized, no, I don't want to do this. And then from there, I was like, okay, maybe I want to be a fashion designer. Maybe I want to be a chef. Maybe I want to be like all types of things. Meanwhile, my family would have preferred for me to be a nurse or a doctor. And I just was not interested in that path. Yeah. So my story was that when I got to college, I knew right away that I wanted to go into PR. I figured that out my sophomore year of high school. Again, career exploration started at 12. Are we the same person? <laughs> because this sounds so much like my story. Yeah. PR, sophomore year. Like that's yeah. what... <laughs> That was it. Like I literally figured it out and I got to college. I never changed my major once. I studied PR, minor in psychology, and I graduated in three and a half years. I was ready to start this real world tour. <laughs> and I landed my dream job at a global PR firm three days after graduating college. I was boom, boom, boom. Like we are checking things off the list. I'm getting to where I want to be. I had plans to be like this PR executive, hill clacking woman <laughs> who yeah, is doing 100%. This thing. <laughs> and I got there, and I, again, like I'm skipping over so much. It took me like a long time in that period of looking for that job. But again, I was a high achiever, type A. I started looking like six months before graduation. I don't know who was going to hire me six months before graduation, but I was looking and I ended up getting a job by changing some of my approaches. Got a job three days after graduation, yada, yada, yada. 
And so when I got there, I realized that it was great for what it was. And I always kind of joke and say that it was my dream job until it wasn't. And I quickly realized that, wow, I thought I had my whole plan figured out for my life. And now I realize that I don't want to do this anymore. And that was really scary because it's like, wait, I really had this whole game plan lined up of how I was going to get here, what I was going to do once I got here. And now I don't have that plan anymore because I don't want to do this. And so I really had to get clear on what did I want to do? Did I not Mm want to do this at all? Did I just not actually like where I was working and would want to continue doing this elsewhere? What, what was the thing that was not connecting in my life at that moment? That was the question that I had to first discover. And I realized that I was just not happy doing the work that I was doing. So I loved PR, but I didn't love the clients that I was working for. At the time we're working with like healthcare and energy and oil and gas and just like boring to me. Oh my gosh. That, that was literally my portfolio at the PR firm that I worked for. All of that. So boring. I was like, just, and, I, and I, it's like, I worked at a global PR firm, which was my game plan, right? I was like, we're going to go to a PR firm. I can work at it with any type of clients because they have an array of different clients. I can work in any city because they have, a, they're all over the world. And so it was really hard because I would see other people who work with like sexy companies and who are going to like Vegas for conferences with their clients and they're going to LA and like all these things. And I was in boring hospitals and oil and gas companies. And I was like, this is not it. This is not, I'm not happy. And so, you know, I was, it wasn't easy. Like I was, I would say it took me four months to really get serious about deciding to land a new job. I was like kind of one foot in, one foot out because again, I had got my dream job. So I was like, can I really do better than this? Like there was all of those thoughts of like, am I cut out for more? Can I really Mm -hmm. do more? But then also having that nagging feeling of like, I know I can do more than this. And so finally I was like, after getting passed over for promotions, after being in a toxic work environment that was draining me, I was like, okay, I need to be serious. And so I used this job search strategy that has now become what helps my clients to land a new job within seven weeks of deciding that I was serious about really owning that company. And I got a better job, better pay, more responsibilities. And I will never forget at my going away party where one of my colleagues who, well, she was really like a manager that I wasn't directly reporting to. And she said, we always knew that you could be the leader that you're going to be in your next role. And I was like, well, why didn't you promote me? <laughs> you know, like, why am I getting my flowers on the way out? Like, you should have been doing this <laughs> while I was working there. And so for anybody who feels stuck or like, are they really cut out for more? I always say that that desire, that 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 feeling in your heart of I can do more th- than this is your internal alarm letting you know that time is up. And it's time to embark on the journey, whether you realize what that journey looks like or not, trust your gut to decide that it's time because it's not there for no reason. And it's, it's, it's guiding you towards that next phase. And so just do it, like take the next step to figure it out. Listen to your gut, take the next step and figure it out. That's gold. (laughs) That's gold. I'm happy to provide that. Adenola, thank you so, so much for your time today, for all of the for all of the wisdom and actionable advice that you've given us, not just for career professionals, but for business owners as well, really touching on both sides of the coin when it comes to finding your dream job or giving someone else theirs. I have loved getting to know you and really, really hope that we can stay in touch. And if anyone listening wants to stay in touch and learn more about the services you offer or to ask you what, how your ramen recipes are going, since that's the next on the agenda for you, where can everyone find you and stay in touch? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at the new employees. And if you're interested in just working with me because you just love the conversations we've had today, <laughs> then you can go to employeeredefined.com and hit the work with me page and go from there.
Awesome. And I will be sure to link up all of those links in the show notes so you can find Adenola and stay in touch. So thank you again so much for joining me. And yeah, I look forward to to talking with you soon. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. And there you have it. As someone who previously had way too much of my identity and worth tied to my work, hearing Adenola's advice was so refreshing. I also loved that she's all about learning the rules and breaking them to fit wherever you are in life. You can find links to the books we mentioned, like Chris Bailey's The Productivity Project and Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning, as well as that link to grab Adenola's free downloadable guide to go from zero interviews to dream job offers. Whether you're job searching now, you might be in the future, or you're on the hunt for an amazing employee to add to your team, This free guide is incredibly useful for shifting your perspective on the process. And before you go, let me tell you about next week's episode. In next week's episode, episode 76, we're diving into our genius zones. Oh yes, we all have them, whether we realize it or not. And episode 76 is dedicated to helping you discover what's in your genius zone. Knowing what's in your unique genius zone is a game changer for managing your time, doing your best work, hiring a team, delegating to others, even finding your next dream job and so much more. So don't miss next week's episode. I know you're going to love it. All right. Thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.